America spends five to ten times more on health care than any other country in the world. Then why does America rank number 43 worldwide for longevity? Third world countries such as Cuba and Costa Rica rank higher than the U.S. So what's wrong with health care in America? This is what's wrong. Our $3 trillion healthcare industry is focused on disease management, while 70% of our planet relies on traditional indigenous medicine that is focused on health optimization. Learn how. Join Dr. Dan Royal on the show, The Royal Treatment, bringing you the latest information on the best of medicine, biotechnology, and pharmacology, as well as secrets from the past. These secrets have withstood the test of time and are being rediscovered today. In fact, indigenous healthcare practitioners are using them for the benefit of their patients who seek optimal health and wellness. Now, here is Dr. Dan Royal. Greetings, listeners. I'm Dr. Dan Royal, and you are now listening to The Royal Treatment. We're here every week to answer your health questions. And if you have a question, you can always email it to me at droyal at thbclinic.com. That's D as in Daniel Royal, R-O-Y-A-L at T Turtle Healing Band Clinic.com. Or you can call us 702 562 1454. 702, that's the area code here in Las Vegas, 562 1454. We'd like to thank our sponsors, the Turtle Healing Band Clinic here in Las Vegas, where I practice, but also the First Nation Medical Board. Both these entities are exercise jurisdiction or the practice of what we call traditional medicine, which includes all things alternative, complementary, holistic, and so forth. This type of medicine is for patients who are seeking optimal health and wellness, and hopefully that describes you, our listener, because this type of medicine is the antithesis of our conventional medical practice, which is built upon sick care and disease management. Hopefully, that is not you, because we're here to empower you with information that you can use to better inform yourself for making healthcare decisions that will help you in in the accomplishment of that goal. Well, we are going to have a very interesting discussion today. We have a guest with us, Dr. Paul Thomas, who is a pediatrician in Oregon. Dr. Paul Thomas is board certified in not only pediatric medicine, but also addiction medicine, and he's written some books. Some of you may have read them or know about them. One is called the Vaccine-Friendly Plan. The other is the Addiction Spectrum. And another is COVID-19 Life-Saving Strategies. Interestingly, he also has over a million YouTube followers. You may be one of those. And if so, thank you for joining us. Dr. Paul, welcome to the program. Thanks, Dan. It's uh, my pleasure to be on this program with you today. I called you Dr. Paul, but I often refer to doctors by their first name. I know it's Dr. Paul Thomas. And so I gave a brief discussion about you and your background, but maybe you can fill in the blanks. I'll let you do the heavy lifting for us. Sure. So uh, briefly, I, uh, despite my looks, I grew up in Africa. My parents were missionaries, took me over there at age four. I came back for college, went to Dartmouth Medical School and board certified in pediatrics. I did my residency in California. And then went into teaching at the local children's hospital here in Portland, Oregon in 1988, where I taught for five years, then went into private practice in a group practice with five other pediatricians, where I was a part of that group doing basically mainstream pediatrics for 13 years. That's when the story shifted for me. Uh, What happened was, you know, I was trained that vaccines are the absolute best thing you can do. And I'm not here to say never do a vaccine. I'm just here to tell you my story. So in 2004, 2005, 2006, and 2007, uh, each of those years, I had a perfectly normal, healthy one-year-old who was making great eye contact, starting to walk, starting to talk, say a few words. By age two, totally gone, no eye contact, completely, severely autistic. This was something new. So, you know, as a pediatrician, we're supposed to be charged with taking care of the most complicated children, uh, health issues that are facing, you know, the population. And it was like, what the heck is going on? So I had already been doing a pretty deep dive into what is it that makes kids well? What is it that makes them healthy? And um, obviously, the Turtle Healing Band Clinic approach is 
spot on. That's exactly the conclusion I came to, which was that if we support and develop a healthy immune system, if we provide the nutrients the body needs, if we stay away from toxins and detox when we are uh, experiencing a lot of toxins, and in my specific case, it became apparent that vaccines were part of the toxic puzzle that was actually triggering regression, and we'll probably get into that some more in our talk here today, uh, I went to my partners and said, for example, I really don't want to do the hepatitis B vaccine anymore. Because, you know, newborns aren't at risk for hepatitis B if the birth mother does not have hepatitis B. So we've been doing hepatitis B in this country for decades. But in 2001, they moved it from teenagers to newborns. And most doctors at the time, we were just shaking our heads going, what the heck is up with this? This makes no sense. You catch hep B from sex and IV drug use. Why are we injecting this into newborns? Oh, we were told, you know, we're going to develop a population that's immune to hepatitis B. Um, it sort of sounded good in, uh, in theory. We should have known. We were really thinking that that wasn't going to happen because, you know, we know those of us who are in healthcare that if we get a needle stick in the office, we have to go get our blood drawn to see if we still have immunity. If that vaccine series is not providing lasting immunity for adults. What on earth would make us think it would provide lasting immunity to newborns who don't have a robust immune system? Well, long story short, we now know that it's not providing lasting mm -hmm. immunity. So we are just injecting a toxic material for zero benefit. And um, so I went to my partner and said, look, I want to do things differently, showed them the information I had. I also had a lot of information about uh, mercury that was in vaccines at that time. It clearly was not a good idea. And basically they said, well, it's unethical not to do the CDC schedule. And they showed me the door. Hence, my practice was born, Integrative Pediatrics, and uh, best thing that ever happened to mm -hmm. me. We started doing things differently, and we've been having some tremendous results as far as healthier kids. We'll certainly, I'm sure, get into that some more, Dan, but that, that's the sort of short version of how I got to where I am today. Oh, I appreciate that introduction, and you're right. We will get more into that. My guest today is Dr. Paul Thomas, board-certified pediatrician who well, has some questions about vaccinations, and we're going to continue our discussion after the break. Stay with us. Would you like to increase your vitality? Disease develops within your body when the metabolic vitality of your cells is altered. Well, now there is a patented device that improves cell metabolism called Cell Vital. Cell Vital has been used for years by successful athletes to prepare for competition and improve performance. This is because Cell Vital increases blood and oxygen to your cells. Call 702-444-LUCKY and order your Cell Vital today. Cell Vital can help with cell regeneration after an activity by reducing stress, as well as be used for treating bruises, sprains, and muscle aches and pains. Cell Vital has also been shown to be beneficial for digestion, PMS, and smoking cessation. Get lucky with your healthy call, 702-444-5825. Accessories are available to help with specific body parts, such as the eyes, ears, and teeth. Animals, too, can benefit from cell vitamin for bone, joint, and circulation disorders. Call 702-444-LUCKY and get a free quote for your cell vital. That number again is 702-444-5825. You wanted to see me? Yes, please, have a seat. So here's the thing. When this company brought you on, we took a chance on you. You didn't have that four-year college degree we typically look for. Right. But we gave you a shot anyway. And since then, you've worked incredibly hard and given it your all. Thanks. You've been an important asset to the team. But I don't think you can be an intern here anymore. <sighs> we want to hire you. You're, you're serious? Absolutely. Find your next great employee. Introduce yourself to the grads of life. Who are they? Talent worth knowing about. Young adults of unique determination and experience. An ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or even mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. I won't let you down. I know. Don't miss out on a resource many innovative companies have already discovered. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. 
Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. So here's the choice. Some people say the USA is finished. It's evil, a has-been, full of hate and injustice. The U.S. Constitution should be trashed and the Bill of Rights abolished. No free speech, no gun ownership, competition, and free markets are bad. We're all too stupid. For our own good, the government must own everything and know all your secrets. Other people say that America has created the freest, richest, happiest, most generous society that has ever existed in the world. That's why millions of people are desperate to come here and escape their brutal lives in Cuba, Venezuela, North Korea, and 100 other countries. In America, we have the right to succeed, the right to our own living, the right to have a family, the right to believe in God, the right to have our own ideas, the right to be safe and secure, and the right to be left alone. Where do you stand? Help us save the Constitution and restore the American dream. Go to SaveMyFreedom.com. Brought to you by the American Media Council. This is America Matters Media on AM 1180 KCKQ. A Lotus Broadcast Station. The power of radio since 1967. We are back. I'm Dr. Dan Royal, and you're listening to The Royal Treatment. We're now in the second segment of our show, and I thank you for either sticking with us or joining us because we have a very interesting guest. And he's talking about something that everybody's concerned about, and that is vaccinations. His name is Dr. Paul Thomas, board-certified pediatrician in the state of Oregon. It's actually where I grew up, although I live now here in Las Vegas, Nevada. And we're talking about the pros and cons of vaccination. So why don't we start with some of the pros, if you will, Dr. Thomas? What are some of the good things about vaccinations we should know? <laughs> Boy, that's a loaded question. So the Here's how I like people to think about vaccines, because unfortunately, it's always put into this good or bad uh, sort of it's either one or the other, black or white. It's just not that way. You've got to think of a vaccine as an intervention. It's a medical procedure. You are injecting substances. There are some what we call the antigen, something in that vaccine to mimic the disease that we're trying to protect against. Uh, Sometimes it's a live virus, for example, in the measles, mumps, rubella, chickenpox vaccines, rotavirus vaccines. Those are live viruses that are somehow treated to be less uh, infectious. We call it less virulent. But they also, in all vaccines, have to put other things in there, preservatives at the very least. And in all the non-live virus vaccines, they won't work unless they put what's called an adjuvant. Most often, that is aluminum that is being used as the adjuvant. Adjuvant simply means something put in to irritate and stimulate the immune system. And aluminum's great at that because it's such a toxic product in our body once injected. Now, don't get confused. You can eat a fair amount of aluminum, and so little of it is absorbed, about 0.1%, that generally ingested by mouth, aluminum is no big deal. I wouldn't recommend it, but you know, you get some of it anyway if you're drinking formula or other sources where there's a lot of aluminum. But injected aluminum we know is a problem. But for vaccines, it works really well. So back to your question, you've got pros and you've got cons, you've got benefits and you've got harm. And I think what I encourage people to do is do that risk assessment. What are the benefits of this vaccine? What are the risks for each and every one? So for the advantages of vaccines, I think probably the easiest one to to sort of throw out there that everybody loves is the measles. So there's a lot of fear of measles in this country. Uh, I actually grew up in Africa and had measles, mumps, rubella, chickenpox, all those childhood diseases back in the 50s and 60s when I was a little kid in Africa. And I had a friend die of measles, actually. I didn't know at the time that's what he had died of. I was young. My mom reminded me later that's what had happened. So, I mean, we know measles can be fatal, especially if you're malnourished, don't have adequate vitamin A. Interestingly enough, it's not very fatal if you're well-nourished and have adequate vitamin A levels, which is most people in this country, for example. We haven't had a death from measles in over a decade, and yet the fear of measles is still like, oh my gosh, you're going to get measles. But... Part of the reason we haven't had a death from measles in a decade is that the vaccine actually works fairly well. So there's an example of benefit, right? It does stimulate an immune response. But what's the flip side? What's the risk of taking that vaccine? And unfortunately, that's the piece of the puzzle that is not well 
fleshed out. Most people think it's vaccines are safe and effective, end of story. We need to know that's a marketing slogan, not a fact. Every vaccine has risks. And in fact, some of those risks are pretty impressive. So, you know, the example that I started off with in the first segment where I had a child regress into autism. Now, autism's relatively new. When I grew up in Africa, I didn't see a single case, not one. I had never heard of a case, seen a case. In fact, in my college years, even in medical school, they took us to a Down syndrome uh, mini town in Connecticut to show us what disability looked like because there wasn't, we didn't, they didn't even have any autism to show us at that time. That was in the 80s, early 80s. So this explosion of autism in this country and around the world has really been since the early 80s. There were just spot rare cases prior to that. Uh, and why, right? I want to make it real clear to the listeners, association doesn't mean causation. I mean, this is something that you really have to figure out. So what I saw, we could call an association, right? In 2004, 5, 6, and 7, I have a kid who gets their 12-month vaccines, or in one of those kids, it was the 18-month series of the normal series, Academy of Pediatrics, CDC vaccine schedule, and they regressed into autism. But in my case, it didn't happen immediately. So it wasn't like they got the shot and the next day they were clearly affected. It was more of a gradual thing. And we know that most autism, about 90% is regressive in nature. So you're coming, you're doing fine and then you just lose it. You either stall out in your development or more often than not, you regress and you lose language, eye contact, those sorts of things. So having seen that and then going into the research, it appears that the MMR might be part of the problem. But what we need is more data right? So I've been in part of what I've done because I'm really driven by good information. I want data. I don't want to just take an association and say, therefore it is. Uh, but there is a growing amount of data and we just have to get more and more of it published so that we can show that what looks like an association may actually be cause and effect. So my first stab at the data in uh, 2015 uh, I read a paper by Elizabeth Mumfer, and uh, she had a small practice of about, I think she had about 213 patients, or maybe it was a little more than that, and no autism in her unvaccinated. That, that was the number of her unvaccinated kids, something like that. And I thought, well, I could replicate that. I have a larger group of patients. So I, I did a quality assurance project, did, dove into that. And turns out I found out I had zero autism in my 238 unvaccinated kids. I thought, wow, this is interesting. I should get an IRB and try to get this published. So I did that and I've had a hard time getting it published. So I just put that data in my book, The Vaccine Friendly Plan. And um, that was the beginning of putting a nice big target on me because uh, mainstream folks don't like that. Well, very interesting, very interesting summary. And thank you for sharing that with us. I know that one of the books that I read early on in my career, now this was when I was a first year medical student, I had two children and I read a book that was published by a pediatrician. His name was Dr. Richard Markovitz. It was called The Immunization Decision. And I read that book to help me decide the pros and cons of vaccination. Ultimately, what we decided at that time was, first of all, uh, let's not rush into it. So we did not vaccinate my first two children until they were five and three, the next two children uh, did not get vaccinated except uh, with the possibility of a homeopathic uh, tetanus. But we did vaccinate them at that time uh, for tetanus and oral polio, which is no longer available. But the reason we did that was because they could be potentially fatal. But I think the important thing is we waited. My understanding is the immune system in the infant takes about six months before it's fully developed. So that's also an issue. Probably longer. Yeah, probably longer than six months. Yeah. So uh, if you're having difficulty publishing, uh, one of the places where you can do that, there are opportunities to do so online. There is one called ACIMresearch.org, and that's the Academy of Complementary Integrative uh, Medical Physicians, ACIM Research. So you might want to think about that. I'm Dr. Dan Royer, listening to The Royal Treatment, and my guest today is Dr. Paul Thomas, board-certified mm-hmm. pediatrician, and we're talking about something that interests all of us, that is vaccinations. So let's continue our discussion. We have a few more minutes before our break. 
what are what, some of the cons that we need to be thinking about? Well, Dan, the, uh, the downside of vaccination, we need to look at all health outcomes. Here, here's been the problem. Every single vaccine study done to date, except perhaps a tiny subset of a, a little bigger study, has not used a saline placebo. So they have not done studies using the proper placebo, meaning, okay, this, this group gets injected with a vaccine, this group gets injected with salt water. Let's look at the difference. And um, that is a huge problem in all the data that people use to make determinations about whether this vaccine's helpful, harmful, et cetera. The other problem with vaccine research is they do very short-term studies. And I call that, I liken that to tobacco science. So, for example, uh, Dr. Dan, if, if you're going to smoke two packs a day and I'm going to smoke one pack a day of cigarettes and we're going to see who dies in the next week, well, neither of us die, so we can assume that cigarettes are safe. That's tobacco science, and that's exactly what they did with the hepatitis B vaccine. Their follow-up, I think, was a week. Uh, they were injecting aluminum, a known toxin, neurotoxin, developmental toxin, a stimulant of autoimmunity. There's a whole syndrome called Asia, autoimmune syndrome associated with adjuvants, and the main adjuvant being aluminum. Uh, so, you know, we have a real problem in our research. Now, what's the downside? The downside is, in my opinion, enormous and largely unknown. Uh, there are now more and more studies coming to light that show a massive increase in neurodevelopmental problems, in asthma and allergy problems, and in direct toxicity. So, that's that whole area. I mean, I just gave one little example. Autism seems to always get the most controversy and people start going crazy about it. But I mean, our children are not doing well today. More than 50% of kids have a chronic condition. Uh, they're living on pharmaceuticals and the sad diet, right? The standard American diet. So uh, we can go into it more, but the, the data is mounting on the problems that are triggered by vaccines. Well, we will go into it more and... Autism is a serious problem and it's becoming worse. In fact, in the near future, it's expected that one out of every two children will be autistic. If you have an autistic child that has resulted from vaccination, that's a 100% in your case. And now you're left with a crippled human being that will require care for the rest of his life. I'm Dr. Dan Roy. You listen to The Royal Treat. My guest today is Dr. Paul Thomas. We're going to take a short break, but we'll be right back. Stay with us. like more energy, a photon sound beam may be the solution you need. A photon sound beam uses electrical energy to ionize gases that generate ozone and light to enter your body directly through the skin. The energy produced by a photon sound beam assists your body's healing process. It does this by improving the electrical energy of the body's cells. Get your photon sound beam by calling 702-444-LUCKY. The optimal cell voltage for the body's cells is between 70 and 100 millivolts. When cell voltage decreases below 60 millivolts, the cell becomes weakened and diseased. For example, cancer cells usually have a cell voltage below 30 millivolts. Call 702-444-LUCKY and order your photon sound beam today. A longer, healthier, and more vital life is only made possible with optimal cell voltage. The photon sound beam has also been found to be effective in relieving pain, inflammation, and joint stiffness, as well as improving immune function. Call 702-444-LUCKY and get a free quote for your photon sound beam. That number again is 702-444-5825. Rich is just a really, really, really good guy. The term good egg isn't enough to describe him. He's also certified organic and free range. Rich puts the cap back on everything. The toothpaste, the olive oil, the shampoo, everything. He lets his 10-year-old nephew beat him at virtual tennis, even though he can straight-up slay his 10-year-old nephew in virtual tennis. When the toilet paper is running low, Rich replaces the roll on the actual holder, not just on the back of the toilet. Rich is texting and driving. Rich, no. What are you doing, Rich? I was just telling everyone how great you are. Texting and driving makes good people look bad. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. 
A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Take a look under your bed. Find stuff under there? What about jobs? No? Now try your basement. There's a pair of overalls that overall you're not so into anymore. A perfectly good laptop that hasn't sat in your lap in months. And even more stuff, but still no jobs? Well, you really have both. See, stuff is defined as household articles considered as a group. Sometimes this stuff is no longer needed. Wait, no longer needed? That can't be right. Because remember those jobs you were looking for? Those are really needed, and they're the stuff inside your stuff. Even inside that winter coat that moved with you to Phoenix. Our job is to unlock those jobs, and it starts when you donate your stuff to your local Goodwill. Here's how we do it. When you donate to Goodwill, we sell your stuff to provide job training for people right here in your community. So just by teaming up with Goodwill, you help create jobs. And isn't that worth parting with the leftover guitar from your 80s cover band? Goodwill. Donate stuff, create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at goodwill.org. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. GreatBasinHighway.com, Great Basin Highway magazine, radio show. Visit GreatBasinHighway.com and sign up for a free online subscription to our magazine. We're back. I'm Dr. Daniel Royal, Las Vegas, with the Royal Treatment. And if you need to reach me, if you have a question for me, you can always get a hold of me directly. That's D Royal, R O Y A L, at THBclinic.com. D is in Daniel Royal at THB for Turtle Healing Band Clinic.com or call us here at the Turtle Healing Band Clinic. We practice traditional medicine under the jurisdiction of the Indian nation, but it's available for patients who want optimal health and wellness. The number here is 702-562-1454. 702-562-1454. And now back to our discussion with Dr. Paul Thomas, board-certified pediatrician, and we're talking about vaccinations. And before the break, we had mentioned autism, and I suggested that we are increasing in numbers of autistic children such that we're headed for a point in time in the near future when it's estimated that one out of every two children born in the United States will have autism. What do you think about that statistic? Is that accurate or not, Dr. Paul? It's looking like it's going to get that way for sure. Uh, the, the data is, and, and those of us who are dealing with children, like a pediatrician with a busy practice, I have 15,000 patients and, um, I'll share with you some interesting data from my practice. You know, I talked to you at the last segment of uh, looking uh, initially in 2015. Uh, At that time, I had 2,330 patients born into my practice. And there were over 1,000 partially vaccinated, sort of the vaccine-friendly plan following the, the outline I gave in my book. And there were 238 unvaccinated. Neither of those groups had any autism. We had... Uh, let's see, seven plus eight, 15 cases of autism in the third group of 894 patients who were most vaccinated. So a rate of about one in 60. You're right. It's headed towards one in two. That's scary. That, uh, right now in the U.S., it's one in 45, although in some jurisdictions, New Jersey, it's, a, it's a one in 29, I think, for boys worse. I mean, it, it's, it's really, really alarming. So well, New Jersey, isn't that where the pharmaceutical companies are primarily located? <laughs> New Jersey. I don't want to. Maybe there's a connection. Jersey. Maybe there's an there, association. There, yeah, <laughs> there might be something going on in New Jersey or they're just being honest about the data. Who knows? So fast forward from 2015 to 2019, as I started looking at my data and sharing it with the public and sharing it with my patients, a higher percentage of patients are now choosing not to vaccinate at all. So I have a growing group of unvaccinated. So by 2019, I've got 3,345 patients born into my practice and only one with autism out of 715. Now, remember, the going rate out there is about one in 45. So something is, is, uh, is up there with the current approach we have to children and, and that uh, most of you might know that it starts in pregnancy. If you're planning to have a child, I really, really recommend that you think about this. You are the environment for that developing child. That's birth mother, right? And what you put into your body before you get pregnant and while you're pregnant greatly impacts the developing brain of that baby. They are now, according to the CDC, recommending flu shots every pregnancy, regardless of uh, sometimes you can even get two, depending if your pregnancy straddles two seasons, and the Tdap. 
diphtheria tetanus pertussis. You'll be scared into doing it because they're going to say, well, you don't want your baby to die of pertussis, do you? Whooping cough. And I would ask you this. How many babies are dying each year of whooping cough in the United States? It's about three or four. That's on average. And uh, out of four million babies born each year. And that vaccine is made to recognize the protactin protein on the pertussis organism. Most, over 80% of pertussis in the U.S. is protactin negative. Is it any wonder we still have 20,000 cases of pertussis every year? That vaccine just isn't doing much anymore. And that is an aluminum-containing vaccine. So you're injecting a direct toxin while pregnant. That's insanity, folks. Uh, I am under board investigation because I have said that you should consider not giving those vaccines while pregnant. In other words, going against the CDC. That's a big, naughty thing to do if you're an MD licensed in Oregon and probably in almost any state in America. Here's the thing, folks. The CDC recommendations are just that. They're recommendations. They don't practice medicine. They are making that recommendation on vaccines that were never tested in pregnancy. I ask you to pull up the package inserts. You can go online and just search package insert Tdap. You'll get it. It'll say right on there, not tested in pregnancy. So I guess I digressed a little bit there. Sorry there, uh, Dr. Royal. Well, actually, it would be unethical to be doing research testing on pregnant women and children. That's generally considered to be verboten. That's why we don't have the data we otherwise might normally have on adults because we don't do research clinical testing of this kind in pregnant women and children as a general rule, correct? Correct. Absolutely. So back to the pregnant mama, because this is so important. Uh, Eat organic if you can, drink filtered water and minimize stress. That is turn off the news. It's uh, it's all stressful. The sky is falling and it's not real anyway. It's propaganda. Um, and uh, turn off those alerts on your cell phone and get out in the nat- in nature, take a walk, garden, whatever makes you feel in your happy place. You can have a healthy baby today in this toxic world, but you have to be intentional. What I tell people is if you do what everybody else does, you will get the results everybody else gets. So be very intentional and you'll be fine. When you sign in to a hospital to have a baby in this country, you are giving permission for them to do routine care. That includes as soon as that baby's born, the hepatitis B vaccine, uh, vitamin K shot, and eye ointment. So if that's what you want to do, by all means, go ahead and uh, do that. But as we talked on the earlier segment, hepatitis B for newborns, as long as mom does not have hep B, and it's only one in a thousand moms in the U.S. who have hep B, you can say no to that one and you're asleep like a baby and your baby will be fine. (laughs) Well, my understanding is when the mother breastfeeds, she is giving that child her natural immunoglobulins, antibodies, and that helps to keep a child healthy, especially during that first year. It's a critical time. I had a guest on my show in the not too distant past who said that ideally a child should be breastfed for up to two years. But in other words, more seems to be better. So if you want a healthy child, that's certainly one thing to be thinking about if that's possible. The other thing is uh, that you can do when you're pregnant is make sure your progesterone's at its highest possible level. Normally when you're pregnant, you're Progesterone will be higher than any time during your lifetime, but again, higher is better because there are studies that have been done showing that the higher your progesterone level when you're pregnant, the higher will be the IQ of your child that is born. So definitely something can be done, obviously, to interfere with that process, but to improve it as well if we do it, as you say, intentionally. Yep, absolutely. I agree with you completely. Uh, it's so, so important to, to take care of the things you can take care of while you're pregnant and then ongoing for your baby once they're born. And the vaccines now, are the things, a huge piece of this puzzle. But one of the things to think about, I'm not sure if you're aware of it, there are homeopathic vaccine kits available. Yep. So let's say you have a patient who decides they want to be vaccinated. There is a company that specializes in making what they call homeopathic vaccine kits. These are actually designed to be taken prior to vaccination to minimize any toxic side effects you might experience from the drug, but they can also be taken after a vaccine as well. So something to think about that is available, totally safe. Right. There is that homeopathy. Uh, There are actually hemoprophylaxis kits that are designed to, uh, the idea is you actually prevent Mm -hmm. the diseases just like a theoretically a vaccine would, 
but doing it with homeopathy. And um, I had a classically trained homeopathic board certified pediatrician in my practice recently that was doing this and is now uh, just doing it on their own. Uh, but homeopathy is safe and it's definitely something you should consider. Uh, yes. The traditional practitioners like Dr. Royal, which by the way, Dr. Royal, I need a name like yours. You can get the Royal treatment right here. <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Well, homeopathics are, as you mentioned, safe uh, in all humans as well as animals. You can use it in pregnant women. You can use it in children. When it comes to the flu, our standard recommendation is if you're concerned about the flu, but in general, most healthy people are not. But if you are, you can take a dose of homeopathic flu weekly. And if you get the flu, then you take it every hour to two hours. It's just a sublingual medicine that dissolves under your tongue. Mm-hmm. And you take it until you're feeling better. And then you're done. It's not like you have to take it until you finish the bottle. You can simply take it until you're feeling better and save the rest for a rainy day. But there are some things when I travel in the world, I always take with me. And that is one of them, the homeopathic flu. You never know what's going to happen. And so I like to be prepared for myself and anyone else who's traveling with me. Sounds like a plan. So do you use homeopathics in your practice for your patients? I do. uh, I'm I'm not personally uh, classically trained in homeopathy, so um, I can't say I'm a homeopath or uh, really have the expertise needed to do it well, but there are certain homeopathic remedies that are just so well known that, uh, you know, your local pharmacist will tell you about them if you go to an integrative pharmacy. Yeah, there are some excellent homeopathic remedies. Uh, another one that I never travel without is called upset stomach. You never know what's going to happen when you're traveling abroad and you're eating food that is not part of your normal diet. And that one is a combination of what we call Nux Vomica and Carbo Veg, which is strychnine and charcoal. But taken homeopathically under the tongue, whether you are an adult or a child, it can be miraculous. And what we use it for is anybody who's having symptoms of heart digestion, uh, reflux, gas, bloating, etc. Now, they can al- also combine this with something we refer to as tri-salt, which is bicarbonate, mm-hmm. not the over-the-counter baking soda, but bicarbonate that comes with minerals, calcium, magnesium, potassium. And what that does is it allows the stomach to reset like a computer, close the valves, allows it to re-digest for another 30 minutes. And that's something else can be done when you're having, well, stomach issues or take them in combination. We like a synergistic approach with our patients where we may use a homeopathic remedy along with a nutritional supplement and natural bioidentical hormones. I'm Dr. Dan Royal. You're listening to The Royal Treatment. My guest today is Dr. Paul Thomas, board-certified pediatrician, and we're talking about vaccinations. We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back, so please stay with us. Did you know that 4,000 years ago, the Earth's magnetic field was 5 Gauss? Over the last 165 years, scientists have measured the Earth's magnetic field and found that today it is only 0.5 Gauss, a decrease of 90%. However, your brain needs the Earth's magnetic field to restore energy to your cells. The good news is that the magnetic sleep pad can give your brain what it needs to restore energy to your cells. Order your magnetic sleep pad by calling 702-444-LUCKY. Think of the magnetic sleep bed as a powerful engine in your car. It gets you up hills faster and with less wear and tear. With the magnetic sleep bed, your brain now has the energy it needs to repair your damaged cells, make enzymes, enhance immunity, and protect you against electrosmog all while you sleep. Get your magnetic sleep bed by calling 702-444-LUCKY. Studies have shown that the magnetic sleep bed can help improve pain, sleep, fatigue, energy, and concentration. Get a free quote for your magnetic sleep bed by calling 702-444-LUCKY. That number again is 702-444-LUCKY. As humans, we ask ourselves all kinds of questions. But what if we were forced to ask ourselves a question every day that affected the outcome of the most basic things, the most important things in our lives? The question is, what is your sexual orientation or gender identity? And the answer is the difference between keeping your job or getting fired. The answer is the difference between staying in your home or getting evicted. The answer is the difference between receiving medical treatment or not. Because in 31 states, it's legal to discriminate against people based on their answer to this question. LGBT Americans have the right to say, I do, 
but they don't have the same basic rights as everyone else. Get the facts at beyondido.org. Brought to you by the Gill Foundation and the Ad Council. I'm Andrew Saul, Commissioner of Social Security. I'm here to warn you about telephone scammers pretending to be government employees. Some of these scammers may say threatening things like you will be arrested if you don't make payments or provide personal information. Do not fall for these tricks. These calls are not from us. Real Social Security employees will never threaten you for information or money. If you receive a call like this, hang up. Never give the caller your personal information, like your Social Security number or bank account, or send money in any form, cash, gift cards, wire transfers, or prepaid debit cards. Report the call to our law enforcement arm, the Office of the Inspector General at oig.ssa.gov. Share this information with your friends and family. This is America Matters Media on AM 1180 KCKQ, a Lotus broadcast station. The power of radio since 1967. We are back. I'm Dr. Dan Royal, and you are listening to The Royal Treatment. Now, I want to thank you for being with us. We're now the last segment of our show, or thank you for joining us. We're going to continue our discussion with Dr. Paul Thomas, board-certified pediatrician, and we're discussing vaccinations Dr. Paul, so we all know that there's a coming vaccination for the entire world for this so-called COVID-19. And, well, many of us have concerns about whether the virus actually exists or not. But whether it does or not, the vaccine is coming. Let's talk about that. And what are some of your thoughts you have about the virus as well as the coming vaccination? Oh, great, great topic. So um, I have a dear friend. His name is Bud. Actually, his name. We were hitting golf balls together this morning, in fact. And um, he he sent me a text message that he was in isolation at the hospital with COVID. And in fact, he nearly died. His pulse ox saturations were in the seventies for three days and he refused intubation, thankfully, because he had read or heard that that was a death sentence, which it often was for the early people who were intubated for this disease. And um, anyway, good news is he survived. We're out there hitting golf balls together. uh, And, but there's a whole big story here. So I share that to say that there is something real going on when it comes to COVID-19. And uh, I have a friend example of a serious illness that seems to be related to this SARS-CoV-2 virus. He, he, his antibody tests were through the roof, uh, over 200 on a, a standard test where 1.0 was the negative, And his wife's level was 40. I tested all my staff members, myself, all 29 of us, and over 60 patients. We've all been negative. Now, let's talk a little bit about COVID and what's going on with the media and the uh, sort of dissemination of information that is misleading. At the very least, it's misleading. So uh, what happens is I'll give you a story from my own state of Oregon. Uh, We've had over 300 deaths that are being blamed on COVID, but I'm here to tell you that I think most of them are not COVID deaths. They're just deaths in people who happen to test positive for COVID. I kind of thought that all along because throughout this whole thing, even when we were having our worst outbreak, our hospitals were empty. So they, they, they said, we need all these beds. And so they had tents erected outside the ERs. And I go to the hospital almost every day to look at newborns. And there was nobody ever entering or leaving these tents. I would walk through the hallways and they were ghost towns. Uh, so it just didn't add up. Well, two weeks ago, I was at the Oregon Coast family week-long vacation. And I always get the local paper. So I bought the Times from Newport, Oregon. Leading article on the front page was six COVID deaths at Avamir Senior Center. So there was an, a healthcare center for old people, six deaths. And they're interviewing the director of the center who says all six of those deaths were in individuals who never had COVID symptoms. They were dying anyway. They, one of them was negative for COVID right before he died, but they tested his body 14 days after he died and got a positive test. So he became a COVID death. And in fact, I've looked on our Oregon reporting site and they do report uh, COVID positive deaths if they're obtained after death, posthumous as they call it. 
And he also reported that there were 18 COVID positive old people residents who got over the disease and 18 staff members who had symptoms and COVID positive who recovered. So I share that story only to say that our numbers are being inflated because of some factors that go into why people want to diagnose COVID. I think there are some reimbursement issues. You get paid more if it's a COVID patient. Um, there's, there's just some weird sort of things going on that, that don't make it add up. Now, all of you probably know if you're listening that the uh, current world seems to have gone crazy with masks. Well, the Journal of the American Medical Association this past week published a great article on masks that showed the N95 mask, that's the top, top mask of masks, um, some of them reach 95% protection. The paper surgical masks, those are the ones that we think of as next best, are 38% effective. And they don't even mention cloth masks because we know with cloth masks, they're completely worthless, close to worthless, let's put it that way. Because if you imagine the, the size of a uh, chain link fence as the hole in the cloth mask and a mosquito the size of the uh, COVID, SARS-CoV-2 virus, that chain link fence isn't going to stop a mosquito from getting through. That's about what a cloth mask is to uh, this virus. And so there's an unfortunate, sad thing going on in our country where we're being uh, forced by mandates to do something that's actually not good for our health. It is not good to cover up, breathe in our own CO2, create a moisture that's going to trap other organisms, um, all in the name of public health. So that part of everything that's going on is highly unfortunate and um, I don't even know why it's going to be controversial, but my just mentioning this about masks, even though it's just the science that I'm reporting, would probably be considered controversial. Should we talk about the vaccines? Well, of course we can talk about the vaccines. I mean, uh, you know, in regards to the masks, the and medicine doesn't seem to matter anymore. It's becoming a matter of political uh, correctness. Right. And uh, interestingly, I once heard Mr. Gates say when he was giving a, a TED talk about the coming vaccine uh, that is going to be required worldwide. If we want to get what they call our digital certificate, we need to demonstrate one of two things. One, either you have received the vaccine or two, that you have recovered, meaning that you have antibodies. If you have antibodies, let's say you have antibodies to the uh, tetanus organism, then you don't need a vaccine because you're already immune. Same thing with hepatitis. When we went to medical school, if you have antibodies, you don't need the vaccination because you're already immune. So what are your thoughts about the coming vaccination that's being forced on us? And by the way, I just heard this morning that uh, the number of companies that are producing the vaccines is now up to 170. Oh, wow. It was 130 last time I heard. So this is a gold rush. Obviously, pharmaceutical companies are giving absolute immunity. They will not be liable for any harm caused by their vaccines. And obviously, there is the potential to make billions, if not trillions of dollars. We've got the entire world waiting on pins and needles, waiting for a miracle cure for something that actually we don't need their vaccines. Let me explain. I have 15,000 patients and we have had one case, actually a, a week ago, I could have told you none, but I had a call, phone call from an 18-year-old who went to an urgent care and was diagnosed with COVID. Now, it may have been real or it may have been a false positive, right? Tests have a false positive rate, but let's just assume it was real. He's doing fine. Um, if we were to vaccinate all 15,000 of my patients and all 29 of my staff members for with whichever vaccine they want to throw at us, um, how much better are we going to do than zero? You see what I mean? So it, we need to be sensible if we're going to use a vaccine. First of all, we need to make sure it's going to be safe. Now, they are rushing this whole process at warp speed is what our president says. Um, but it's just at a crazy, crazy rate. I mean, there are people who are so pro-vaccine like Paul Offit. Uh, who's saying, whoa, slow down. I mean, he, he's like the guy that says you can take 10,000 vaccines at once and they're safe. And he's even saying slow down. 
it is so obvious that the pace and and uh, the lack of long-term safety testing is going to create a massive crisis and problem for our people. The uh, RNA viruses that Moderna is working on, and that just got almost a billion dollars of our taxpayer money uh, approved, um, scares the bejeebers out of me, honestly, because when they've done prior SARS and MERS attempts with uh, RNA virus vaccines, uh, they've failed, absolutely failed. They've not only failed, they've actually killed the animals that were tested. What happens is they get an initial immune response from this vaccine that's actually altering your DNA. So this is, we will have the first genetically modified humans, uh, at least knowingly so, and they might get an antibody response. Oh, yippee. Mm. Problem is, the next time they get exposed to this virus, a lot of these animals died, a very high percentage. So we may, let's say we give 100,000 Americans the uh, Moderna vaccine, if it gets rushed through and approved, and it all looks well, fine and well, because they're getting antibody responses. Then when the real next round of COVID comes, we have all these mysterious deaths. Of course, there'll be coincidences, but I think that's why people like Paul Offit are going, be careful here, slow down. We need, we, we need safety testing. They bypassed animal testing. Russia's got a vaccine that I imagine they bypassed the animal testing and the phase three testing. <laughs> so we just, you know, if you just do a small little study phase two, boom, okay, we've got a vaccine. Here you go. Oh, man. Talk about experimenting with your life, playing Russian roulette with something very dangerous, folks. Natural immunity is the key to health. Uh, Dr. Dan Royal and the Turtle Healing Band Clinic is that very approach. I am practicing similar medicine, and we're going to link arms here real soon and do more Turtle Healing Band Clinic work together because we have to boost natural immunity through things like nutrition, vitamin D supplementation, I tell you, is if, if, there, if you do nothing else, go out and make sure you're taking enough vitamin D because you can't get it from your diet. You need sunshine, and most of us don't want to get that much sun because we're afraid of skin cancer. So supplement with some, enough vitamin D, and that will boost your natural immune system. My book on COVID goes through all the natural supplements and uh, things you can do to reduce your risk for COVID. And then if you do get COVID, there are some natural things you can do. For example, massive doses of vitamin C, taking it to bowel tolerance. These are things you can do at home so you never even end up in the hospital. Of course, uh, it's not something that mainstream wants you to know because they cannot mandate their vaccines if we have an effective treatment. I'm Dr. Dan Rowan. I thank you for being here today, Dr. Paul Thomas, board certified pediatrician. We've been talking about vaccinations, and I hope your time with us has been well spent. Now, if you've learned one new thing, then it has. We'll be back again next week with another episode of The Royal Treatment. But until then, my friends, may you all be well. 